This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, welcome back to a Friday edition of the Chase Thomas podcast. I am the aforementioned Chase Thomas, and here with me, it's been a little bit, the good opinion haver, Maxwell Bombach. Maxwell, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be back on the show, and I hope I don't say anything that costs you your uh, revenue streams in China. I mean, uh, the, the, the I, I think too we're late? good for right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's too late just by initiating it. It's... <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, that's, I still just, what a weird story. I I saw you saw the same thing I saw from Krang T Mm -hmm. Nelson, my favorite Twitter account, um, about just like the, just juggling up a bunch of random words and that turning into the biggest Twitter story of the day, like (laughs) basketball and China, like just how that would ever happen. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I saw before we got started that WWE pulled Jay and Silent Bob because of their appearance on AEW last week. So the if you were to tell me that two wrestling promotions would be fighting over Kevin Smith and Jay Muse um, mm-hmm. in 2019, um, yeah. I would have told you you're insane. But here the, we are. Yeah, the rights to a celebrity cameo mm-hmm. are now at the higher premium than they've ever been in the business of professional <laughs> wrestling. That was just, oh, there's pettiness and then there's that level of pettiness, which... Sure, I guess that's that's fine. Um, a lot of wrestling this week. Um, a lot of wrestling that I wanted to forget. Uh, I, I did the math. So Raw okay. was three hours. Yep. Hell in a Cell. Uh, I I guess because I'm fast forwarding and jumping around, three and a half to four. Oh man, yeah, I did the full pre-show on that one too. Oh hell no, absolutely not. Um, and then SmackDown, two hours. So it's about. Uh, it was almost ten hours. Of my of like a five day stretch of just bad, bad stuff. I was extremely annoyed at SmackDown. I don't know what you. I haven't listened to this week's RBR yet, but yeah, SmackDown I, was atrocious. It was it was a very weird show. Um, anytime you can give The Rock twenty minutes, um, to open your new show, you should definitely do it. I think you should. Like I I don't I don't. You, you, did you enjoy it. that? I I didn't enjoy it, but I think that there's an audience that did. Yes. Um. I, I I feel like every time The Rock comes back now, this is just sort of what we get from him. We get mm-hmm. The Rock doing 20 minutes of a very watered-down version of his greatest hits, and he makes fun of somebody on the current roster. I think what this had going for it was at least you had someone else there to theoretically get part of that rub and also pitch in and throw in a few jokes. So I think it did help Becky. I'm, I'm not a Baron Corbin guy. I, I, I think he's one of the biggest net negatives in the current product. Um, this so is a bad segment wish, for him. I, 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 I wish better it had been than that. else, but 
Because I, I don't know. I, even if you look at when he came back circa 2004 and did a promo like that on Christian, at least Christian was someone that, you know, hadn't elevated and hit a hit a plateau and then kind of worked their way down from there. He was still ascending in his trajectory at that point. With Corbin, it just feels like if if the title is ever on Corbin, it's because things are bad. Like we're, yeah. you're never going to be growing your business with Baron Corbin as your world champion. Who is the better body, Baron Corbin or Cain Velasquez? Uh, Corbin, but I feel like Corbin's just got like a like weird skin, just because he was <laughs> what? he's had because he's had to be like different sizes. Like he was giant when he played in the NFL, mm. and now he's leaner. It's so like his skin just makes his body look a little weirder than it is. Um, but I think he's probably uh better better physically than king velasquez this one that's the thing that gets me is i'm i'm a combat sports guy and like the whole introduction of like tyson fury and king velasquez just does nothing for me and it's very odd that they spent this entire smackdown being like because i was expecting this to be a show to be like here's our new stars and i thought you got that in the first segment with becky but then the rest of the show is like you guys like boxing you guys like mma yeah it was brandon shroud um of West spandex encapsulated this perfectly in that um this company really hates itself WWE, it really does it hates its own like characters like they jump at like the mma the boxing everything it's just like they are it's, i don't know if they're embarrassed but they just there's so much self-loathing about their own product by like just the way they book smackdown and everything else where you're like what what is this it's bizarre that they are so hyper aware of the fact that they don't have stars but are seemingly not willing to put in the work to create them here's the exact quote this will presumably culminate at crown jewel on the same card as brock lesnar versus kane velasquez so the saudi prince will get to see how mma guys and boxers are tougher and better than pro wrestlers sorry you hate yourself wb but I think I think the wrestlers will go over. Like I feel Do like you? Tyson Fury doesn't care, and I think Kane's gonna lose. Yeah, I think Tyson wins, but there's like some oh, shenanigans yeah. with, um, because Braun Strowman has no like. There's no reason to actually have Braun Strowman win, even though he's in the Big Show spot, which is where he was. He was always destined, I guess, at this point. So we we talked about this on RVR last night, and my contention with the idea of Baron Cor- or uh, Braun Strowman being in the Big Show spot is that Big Show actually won the world title a few times. Yeah. I don't know what I mean, it took a long time. <laughs> Braun's only been in the company a couple years now. Like, I think you have to look at the longevity of the big show. It's it's hard. But I think Braun's kind of reaching the point where it's hard to imagine him getting a title ring at this point. I guess it is good that they see him as valuable enough to feud with one of the real stars, a.k.a. someone who's not a professional wrestler. But it seems like they, they've had their opportunities with him and they've decided that they'd rather not each time yeah i'm getting a um, little nervous about it i mean i'm okay with it because maybe i'm in the minority but i've always been someone that has groaned at braun Strowman matches and i never wanted to see him be in the main event of multiple pay-per-views for months on end um he has the same kind of match over and over again and i don't think he helps anybody i think they're like mm-hmm. it's basically brock lesnar and roman reigns that benefit from working with braun Strowman. yeah no one else everyone does. else you kind of have to sacrifice to his overness right and it just it's hard to make it believable of him actually losing a wrestling match to someone of bronze status like you have to suspend too much disbelief with guys like him and that's not his fault mm-hmm. but 
Remember that summer where he just was like mowing through Balor, Owens, and just it was like Monday Night Raw for like a month long stretch. He was just mowing through everybody, and you're like, who is this helping? Like if you're like, if but you're I thought really at the time gonna... it was helping him, and they desperately need they've desperately needed to make new stars for about five years now. So at the time it was almost excusable because it's like I get that you're hurting some of these guys, but at least you're making somebody. But then they never pull the trigger with him, and nobody's better for it. Yeah, because he's hurting everybody along the way and then you don't give him the big win. And now everybody looks kind of like shit. And it's it it, it's it's I don't know. I was annoyed too on SmackDown. Did you expect the Kane stuff like based on what happened with Ray and Dominic on Monday to actually be? I I thought I thought they were leading into Brock Ray as a way of getting them both on SmackDown. They're both going to be drafted there. And that was going to be the first world title feud. And I think that would have been fine. For but sure. they went the other and way. They're both. I, <laughs> I yeah, th- that was a real bummer, and I was really looking forward to Ray and Seth. I'm a huge Ray Mysterio fan. I think Ray Mysterio is maybe the most underappreciated, and his influence is underrecognized more than maybe anybody else ever. Um, the, it, half the roster wouldn't have made it to television if a guy like Ray Mysterio hadn't become the star that he had, not only in WCW but also in his WWE run. Uh, he really broke down the size barrier uh, in, a, in a way that nobody else has. And to, to s- the buildup of him, you know, nearing retirement, but not doing it for his family to finally get to this title shot. And then Brock just takes it away. And then the conclusion is, I'm going to go get my friend. Right. Had that ever been established, by the way, that they were friends? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I, it's it's a classic WWE trope of hey these guys are the same ethnicity. That's what I didn't want to say that, but That's that was my is. first thought when he came out. Now that was my first thought. Um, That's not good. Not no, great. it's it's not it's not great. Um, and then that there's was not the, the worst thing, thing over the weekend. Kane might not even get cleared. Oh, that would be great. And Anything he said that sabotages million, Crown Jewel is okay in my book. Yeah, his whole MMA career has been derailed because of injuries. Like, it's not a huge surprise as someone who's an MMA fan, but. Yeah, I also love that Vince wasn't a big fan, reportedly, of his his look when he came out. That's what Cain Velasquez looks like. I, I just, I wonder if he just hadn't seen Cain. I wonder if he was looking at Cain Velasquez versus Lesnar matches, for, like a, MMA stuff. Like, I wonder yeah, if he only they, saw and they things fought, from like, 10 years ago. years ago. Yeah, and Cain was... Kane was definitely more muscular a few years ago. Like Kane does not have the muscle mass that he had a few years ago. He's never looked like he's never been a body guy. No, but he, that, he looked more like an athlete than he did. Like he kind of looked just sort of skinny fat the other day. Yes. And as someone who has definitely been skinny fat in his, his time, I, I know skinny fat when I've seen it. And that was, that was classic skinny fat. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm not excited about any of that. Crown Jewel uh, sucks. Team Hogan versus uh, Team Flair, not great. Um, none of that was good. And that felt like three and a half weeks ago. That's the other thing with professional yeah. wrestling right now. Everything feels like forever ago, instantaneously, mm-hmm. just because of so much stuff. And uh, I haven't even gotten to NWA power, and I've heard good things. I just I don't know if I'm even even going to get to it i'm just like oh, i don't want to sit down for another hour and do this it's probably good but do i really want to add something else probably not um mm. but there was nothing that wasn't even the biggest thing over the weekend that just was 
mind-blowing. And it was mind-blowing because uh, Monday Night Raw did not talk about it for <laughs> two and a half hours. Which and was really insane. Om- almost an accomplishment? Yeah. Like, I still don't know how I feel about them not acknowledging it. Because it is one of those things that is so bad that you kind of need... It's It'd be like farting in, in public and just sitting there while everyone <laughs> looks at you and pretending that nothing happened. You kind of you kind of got to acknowledge it. I mean, you kind of do, but I, I don't like that raw that was already uh, just a snoozer, just Ricochet versus Apollo Crews because they're friends and um, the OC had a match, folks. And you're just like, what are, what are we doing here? None. There was no stakes. There was late. I, I just can. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to um, give me your uh, full analysis of Natalia versus Lacey Evans for the seventh time in a row. I, see, Go. I actually enjoyed their match on the kickoff show the other day, and I thought that Natalia cheap shotting Lacey after the match was like a nice tip to the hat. Something that happened on Raw. WWE never rewards their viewers, so I enjoyed that. The last man standing match was trash, though. <laughs> is that I, um, fifteen seconds? That uh, Lacey Evans still a lot of work to do. Um, one of the most depressing love, moonsaults I've ever seen. I love the character so much. <laughs> And she's just not there in the ring. That's somebody who is called up way too. There is no reason that she should have even been on NXT level programming. She should have still been on the coconut loop <laughs> working the NXT house just in front of 200 people. And I, I don't mean this in like a rude, disrespectful way, even though it's coming across that way. I, I think that there's a ton of potential with her and she has such an interesting life story that there is money to be made with her. But the way that they've positioned her is made that so that it, it may never happen now. But I also understand the logic of like the dirt sheets were saying that like they paired her with Natalia for weeks just to get her better and more experience with the veteran. Like that thought process, I understand. But you could do that in dark matches for weeks on end. You don't actually have to put that yeah. on television. That's also true. Like I don't know how any of this is helped her and the crowd was just completely dead for this. Like there was just there was no heat and it was the saddest power bomb from Natalia to Lacey Evans to to win this match. Everything about it was just it's just sad. And I just I can't wait for them to have another match next week. I just feel like it's still going to happen. Uh, yeah, there is an inevitability of it that we are going to see these two wrestle again way <laughs> too soon. And also, why did Natalia win the feud? Um, Natalia doesn't need to win the for feud. her. Uh, oh, I guess it's her summer of Natalia is already over. Yeah. So. And part of the reason that Lacey was in this feud is because she just finished losing a feud over the title. Like the least you can do is just establish her a tier above Natalia. Can't do it, folks um because with natalia all you need to get her back over one week is just have bret hart show up well that probably isn't happening anytime soon yeah yeah that's true i forgot about that (laughs) Um, they're not letting jay and silent bob appear Mm -hmm. on WWE programming they're definitely not letting uh bret hart come on anytime soon Mm -hmm. um what did you think of kofi and what (sighs) happened there i I understand taking it off Kofi. Yes. I understand having Lesnar win, but it just, that kind of booking is just, it's just, it's so shitty to Kofi and people who invested in these characters for months on end where you're like, what is the point? Why even bother getting invested if like, there's just this boogeyman in the room where it's like, there are just some people that just come in, wreck house and that's it. And you're just, uh, were they a real champion? Does that take away everything that it took for them to get in that spot. It's like, how, who does it serve to have that kind of squash 
for your longstanding champion mm-hmm. and also the context surrounding Kofi Kingston winning the belt to begin with. Um, I saw it coming, especially when you saw the time. <laughs> that, yeah. That was a dead giveaway too, which I don't know if the company realized that a lot of people would be looking at their watch like, wait a second. Um, they don't have much time. Either this is ending in a quick DQ or Kofi's about to get uh, F5'd. And it wasn't even like multiple F5s. It was just one. It took one and that was that was it. And it was just sad and expected. And I just, I don't know. It it, it rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, it, it was very disheartening. I wasn't the biggest fan of the Kofi title reign, even though I was a huge fan of the Kofi title win. And yeah. I think... It was it was plagued with a lot of matches that didn't get a proper crowd response. I think a lot of that was because of who he was paired with and when he was paired with them. I think if the Orton feud had happened out of the gate, this reign looks a lot better and a lot different. Um, I understand wanting to have Brock win quickly and and convincingly. I think that having Kofi just immediately lose to one F five when every other Brock match this year has been a struggle really makes Kofi look a cut below your Finn Balor's, your Rollins and everyone else that he's had matches with this year. Right. And the argument and is in the argument of like, Oh, well, but like you needed Brock to, to look strong. It's like, you can have him do that against somebody else then. Like you yes. don't just that give didn't, Kofi that match didn't need the belt either. Like Kane Velasquez versus Brock oh, does not need not. the title. No, but I think Fox wants Brock to be, but this Why is the thing. Like, have Brock like, and not have him with the title. You but, can have Brock. What I don't understand, though, is the idea of, oh, well, Fox wants Brock with the title. That's great. Brock is going to be on your show once every eight weeks. I don't see how the title affects ratings at all. Well, it, I don't really see how Brock affects ratings at all. Because Brock's usually not going to be on TV. And when he is, he's not going to be wrestling. Yeah. I. It's just baffling. And I just... If you're Kofi, I mean... It's, it's just such, such a bummer. A, a wet you're like well, now what rain. and it's it's one of those things where there could be a really tremendous follow-up to tell the story of a man who you know scrapped and clawed for you know 10 years just in wwe to to get to the top of the mountain and in four seconds he was knocked right back down to the bottom of it and now i don't think they're gonna tell that he's story, had the though. taste of that and he needs to have it again he needs to prove that you know he's not he's not a loser he's not you know this chump or whatever they're not gonna do that no, I have zero faith in this guy. This company didn't want to do it with no Kofi to begin with. Like it was an accident. Ali got hurt. That's how he got in. Yeah. It was they did not want to put the belt on Kofi to begin with. And and a lot of people will say, oh, well, you know, it's really great for for Daniel Bryan when he was squashed by Sheamus and that got the crowd behind him. But like I, Kofi was already kind of like Daniel Bryan at that time was still building momentum and starting to get really over as a character yes. where Kofi, I think, is losing a lot of momentum right now. He peaked earlier in the year, and I think the crowd was kind of ready to see his reign come to an end as it was. So this yep. is a very, very different circumstance. And I also don't have any I mean, just look at the crowd's them, like, reaction to back. Daniel Bryan trying to get them to cheer his handshake with Roman Reigns. Like, he mm-hmm. will always have the crowd at the palm of his hand. I don't think yeah. Kofi's... I love Kofi, but he's just... It's not the same. And Kofi They're, just didn't have that same grassroots level of connection that, that Bryan had with a lot of people. And most wrestlers don't like Brian is <laughs> unique in that way Absolutely. where he deserves a lot of credit for it, but most guys are not going to get to that level. But I forgot who it was on Twitter that I don't know if you saw this, that made the point that the WWE is extremely good at creating upper mid carters. They have a billion of them 
They do a very good job. They just can't do. They just can't pull the trigger on someone and actually make a new star, which speaks to your point at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. They do an amazing job of creating these upper mid carters that could get a couple months reign and then back down to the U.S. title or whatever. But no one's actually a star, and I think Bray getting no DQ'd yeah. is just the latest example of like, oh my god, you had another chance. And the thing is, too, I think when people are like, all oh, the star machine is broken, they can't make stars. Like, I think they can make stars. They yes. can't keep them for more than a month. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at how hot Kofi was earlier this year, they made a star at Kofi Kingston. <laughs> they couldn't, that star burned out rather quickly, though. And the same thing you could even say happened with Becky. The same thing happened, you know, in, you know, circumstances were different, but like you look at like Daniel Bryan or you even go back to the summer of punk. They've had these people reach really high levels where it seemed like they were about to usher in this new era of excitement to WWE and they, they just screwed up. And I think the fiend is kind of the latest example of this was a crowd that was chomping at the bit to see him, you know, take over and become the new champion. And, Sometimes the easy answer is the right answer. And that's something they fail to grasp a lot where they just overthink it. And it's like, no, just give the crowd what they want sometimes. Just just give it to the fiend. That's it. Or also, don't book the match. Like, yes. there's so many instances where you're like, you didn't have to do this. You didn't have to do this. Why are you doing this? Yeah, would this have been any worse if this month the fiend had tormented Cedric Alexander and beat him in like 10, you know, five minutes on the undercard? No, I'd argue that the fiend would still be on an upward trajectory at that point. Even AJ Styles, like if he was attacking yeah. the UFC for a little bit, that was a feud. Like there's, they could have gone so many other ways here, mm-hmm. and they they just thought, oh, he's hot, so we have to put him in the title picture. It's like, no, unless you're sure you're gonna pull the trigger on him after the Rollins just won the belt back, which is part of the reason I think they didn't want to do it is they just put the belt back on Rollins. But they were like, ooh, we can't do that again. It makes him look less. It's like, no, you just screwed them both over. And Rollins, now you have other guy a hated too. baby face. And yeah, but that's the thing too, is like Rollins is getting booed on this show. Rollins is another guy who, I, you know, I thought had interest in Like, oh, wow, they've really got something special in him. It looks like they finally realized that he can be a top guy. And they put him in these situations where every week he's having these bad backstage vignettes with Braun Strowman. He's cutting these 20-minute promos that he's awful at. And he's just lost the crowd. And the crowd was booing him here. So they're trying to salvage something that's not salvageable by doing this convoluted finish. And instead, like I said, you tried to salvage something that's not salvageable. So it didn't work. Rollins isn't any better off for it. And The Fiend is now worse off. Yeah. So you just went the, the most horrifically insane 0 for 2 of all time. It's just I, classic WWE. Where it you're is just like, we should have seen this coming. It is. In, I still can't believe that the finish of that match was that Seth Rollins kicked too much ass <laughs> so that it was ruled a no contest. And then the Fiend just like got up anyway three minutes later and then got his heat back. I. Who do you think booked it? Who was. What, who do we blame? Is this Jamie Noble's fault? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to know. Yeah. Who agented this match? Who came up with. The finish. Like, I, I would love to just sit down and hear what the explanation for it was. Yeah. Um, who are you excited about moving shows or getting repackaged or repositioned on new shows? Uh, a lot of like the typical people that geeks like me enjoy. 
Um, mm. Buddy Murphy on Raw with uh, Paul Heyman. Yeah, uh, yeah. Booker. It's a lot of like, I'd like to just see these people get an opportunity. The big ones are, are Buddy Murphy, Ali, and Cedric. I think are the three that, the three kind of former 205 Live guys that if positioned correctly, you could do a lot with. And Ali and Cedric are two guys that they had heating up pretty well and then they kind of didn't do anything with or had them lose too much. I think them as a tag team could be a hot little act. Yeah. I mean, I also would bring his first name back. Yes, that's a good it idea. It drives me nuts. When I write about him, I still say Mustafa Ali. Like, it's, that was such a good name. Mustafa yeah. Ali was so good. It there like, there were some the times time. where I'm like, I get why you dropped it. I, I still think Andrade Cien Almas is better than just Andrade, but I can at least understand a little bit. Whatever. Bandido, Andrade, like, that's fine. Whatever. Mustafa Ali just sounded like a superstar. Ali doesn't... It just... It feels weird. It's like it's what, a little too ambiguous because like it's yeah. it, it's already a name that you associate with a much more famous person, right? Like it'd be like if you had a wrestler named LeBron. <laughs> like it's like I no, there's already somebody that that name is synonymous with and is incredibly iconic. You can't do it. Yeah, um, you 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 certainly can't. But you know what you can do, Maxwell? What is that? Have the Young Bucks lose their opening match um, in the tag team tournament. For the AW, AEW World Tag Titles. I was stunned by this. Because going in, I was too. My entire thought for the tournament was, these are new belts. You're a new promotion. You got to put them on the most established team. But that's and like it, anti what they've been doing with Cody, Kenny, oh. and the Bucks. They're like, hey, it's almost like they're going too far the other way. We're like, this is not what we're about. We're This is not going to be our vanity project. So here, it, But here's the thing. is like That was my thought going in. And like, during the match, I was like, well, of course the Young Bucks are to win. And there was one of the near falls. I think it was when they hit the when uh, Mark Quinn hit the 450. And I sure we're thinking like, you know, what would actually probably be better if these guys went over here. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the crowd was think, into I it still too. didn't think that they were going to. And then they did. And the absolute balls and confidence to make that booking decision is insane. And the fact that they were all ever in that ring was good enough to pull it off just speaks volumes at how great all of them are i also love the little things that they're doing that's just different where like they had the tag teams like scu and angelico and helico whatever and other like just other tag teams around just hanging out watching and scouting it it felt like it felt more realistic than like where you're just staring at the screen awkwardly in the back Um, yeah i like the little things like that where it's like it may seem little but like from a tv watching perspective you're like oh that's cool that feels i don't know yeah and it reminded me too of like when you play travel basketball and Mm -hmm. yes you're you're in a weekend tournament and your coach is like hey you guys gotta stick around because we're gonna watch this other team that we're playing tomorrow yes like that's what it felt and it, it makes sense like it is rooted in a level of realism and that's what they're going for and i think those are just little smart things um i think gin and juice is my favorite finisher in wrestling right now it is so cool. It's so fast. I think what makes it so insane. I Quinn is the star of that group. Quinn is just he's he never runs out of steam. I no. love his just he's his cardio. Insane, Maxwell. It's, I know you're a cardio when guy. When he did that but, dive sequence, I was I kept thinking like, all right, he's gonna mess up one of these. Yeah. Like you can't do that many dives <laughs> in a row and not at some point just fall on your face. And he hit all of them clean as a sheet. 
I don't think people realize how hard that is to do. And the well, the thing too with private party that, that blows me away is I, I do, th- I think they might be like the best legitimately the best prospects in professional wrestling because they have everything that you can't teach. They have the insane athleticism. They have the presence. They have the charisma, the confidence. They jump off the page as soon as they come through the curtain. They have all that, but they also seem to have like the savvy to where they're going to pick up everything that you can teach too. Mm-hmm. You listen to how the young bucks put them over, how Matt Hardy puts them over Everyone great that's been in the ring with these guys can't stop raving about them. And that is not something you see very often in professional wrestling. You so rarely see the older generation just talk about how great the next generation is. It would not surprise me at all. And like, just think about how good these guys are going to be in five years. And I think, I think Isaiah Cassidy gets overlooked too, but like his facial expressions and selling are so good that it allows Quinn to pop even more. Cassidy yeah. is is a much better glue guy than people realize. Yeah, but he's t- still just a glue guy. We're like every tag team has one of the two where it's like, oh, if they broke up, this would be the one who'd be the star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Nick Jackson would be the star if they mm-hmm. ever broke up, if they ever did it. Yeah. Like he'd be the Jeff Hardy. Like there's just it's it's very rare where it's just completely even. Um, yes. on both yeah. sides. Um, but I I thought like the finish was great. Like just the Melter Driver mix up. Where, like, they were so, so cocky at the end. I thought that was smart. Like, they were just <laughs> like, we're finishing them off. This is what we do. And they got blindsided. I thought that was a really good way of telling the story here. Where, like, they were so cocky that they were just going to do their thing. And Quinn and company ruined it and caught them by surprise. Because I think they're still strong. I just think, like you said, this was ballsy as hell. And it was also just one of those finishes where when they set it up, I was so confident in the result being the Young Bucks winning mm-hmm. that as soon as they, as soon as I, I don't remember which guy private party it was that that did like the prawn hold that got the win, but I just I remember think thinking, Quinn. oh, this is a great near fall. Yeah, like as soon as they went to it, I was like, brilliant near fall, <laughs> and that was it. That was into the, the match. It was it was a true like that was one of the most beautiful professional wrestling matches I've seen all year. I um it was a good it, good choice to start off this show um because the rest of the matches um were fine I um, liked the main event which nobody else liked I shouldn't say nobody here's else what I like about their main event talked about it either, like oh it was okay but I loved it here's what I like about their main events their main events feel important every week I mean, it's been two <laughs> weeks but like they do a good job already of understanding that like we're booking it around our biggest stuff and we're going to get as many people involved where like you you talk about this on rbr a lot where it just seems like things are happening yeah jake hager debuted last week cody comes out and saves his brother and goes on the offense like there's just something that happens to close these jam-packed tag matches and these big matches that they, that they have going on last i appreciate the fact that i know going into the main event that it's going to feature the top guys and they're going to just do some new stuff that advances the story from the previous week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's they do a really good job of keeping just a level of energy and flow and heatedness kind of throughout everything and capping everything off with that. That it's exciting. You end the show and you're excited. Sammy Guevara is a very good seller. Yeah, I, I really enjoy his work. His um, crossroads selling. And uh, did you see how he sold it this week? Yes. Yeah. I th- he looked like he, he stole it like, like the all time stunner. Like it was incredible. I don't know how he did it, but that was something I jotted down. I'm like, oh, 
Look at him. Mm-hmm. Hardcore selling for the for the company president. I like it. Um Jimmy Havoc and Darby Allen, I thought so this was another thing I written down, and I don't know if you noticed this, but like I thought the music for everybody was better on this show. Was it did you notice that the sounds and the entrance music and everything else seemed to come through a lot better than last week? Do you think it's it, the venue? It did. Um so Cody Carlson called into RBR last night, a longtime kind of fill-in host, and he noted that there were a ton of audio problems in the arena still. So I think that's kind of the so he one was at the area, show last night. yeah, where they're still sort of working out the kinks. Um, but I thought it did come across a lot better. It was definitely right. easier to like you heard more of the entrance music. I thought, and Darby's yeah, some... I think is some of the best in the company. Oh, absolutely, Darby's is great. Um, Jimmy Havoc's hair is not. Jimmy Havoc is is not. He's just not. He's also not good. I'm just not. I I understand that he, you know, had had a career in progress, and that there's a lot of people that feel attached to him because they watched him come up there. He doesn't do anything for me. And I thought they wrestled a very indie match, and that there was a lot of just biting and kind of small things that don't project to an eight thousand seat arena, and it hurt the crowd's ability to get into the match. I wrote down and Paul would appreciate this. Uh, he reminds me of Connor from 10 years earlier. Yes. Yeah. When Connor used to look kind of just dumpy. Yeah. Like he's just like a smaller version of Connor. Yeah. Which is not a compliment, unfortunately folks. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, usually when you compare wrestlers to Ascension Connor, <laughs> usually people think you're talking glowingly about them, but in this case, you're not. <laughs> no. Um, but Darby Allen, I think that's going to be good. And I think the yeah. crowd really likes Darby Allen. And, and he's the coffin. I, I just, I love it so much. It's, it's such a great, just insane maneuver that's so perfect <laughs> for him. Yes. I, it, like I said, Jen and Juice is my favorite finisher, but the coffin might be um, my favorite thing. Um, the Jericho promo, I thought was the promo of the week. I think I Jericho agree. is incredible. And I'm surprised they're making him the top guy in the company, but they're letting him do it and showing like, oh, right, this is why you do this, especially with him being 48. If you're going to do it, you better do it now because he turns 50 soon, folks. Um, he was just, I think his reasoning was great. I think him just saying like using certain things from the past like he is on my list when he's talking about Sammy Guevara and why he chose who he chose. Um, the We The People stuff sucked and it's dead. Like He just had so many great lines and he knows how to work the crowd in a really great way still. He's an awesome heel and I think the inner circle is actually cool and also I, Axel, sure. I don't know if you've heard this or not. Factions in pro wrestling are good. Yeah, people tend to be interested in them I've noticed. I they're great I, I love factions and it's so easy and you're like oh this is great a good heel faction that has a bunch of guys who are good and talented and I want to see them have wrestling matches yeah I, I agree 100% I, I think that it's something that also harkens back to an era where wrestling is really popular that people are nostalgic for but in a way that is not harmful at all right like this isn't being like oh we're gonna do you know chair shots to the head it's, it's, it's well there it's was like, one on this show hey oh yeah there was uh there's also one in on hell in a cell that's uh, right yeah rounds cracked fiend in the head with the chair and nobody's talking about it um but it's it's something that's not destructive and it actually is bringing up a lot of people it's continuing the hangman push for the elite without 
you know, putting too much of a spotlight on him. It's elevating Sammy Guevara and Ortiz and Santana. It's reestablishing Jake Hager. It's doing all of these things while giving these guys some sort of support network and structure that it's not leaving them overexposed. I would agree. Um, Bria Presley. Is it okay that I really like her? No, I don't think she's good. Okay. (laughs) She's good. I, uh, I, I don't find her work to be particularly interesting or good. And I'm not sure what to make of her. Like, I, I don't know what her character is other than generic heel. I think there's something potentially there. And I think she's like really athletic naturally. And that was like one of the things I also noticed is that Britt Baker, who you had a great, great video about Dr. Britt Baker. Um, she is a dentist. She is a dentist. Um, she's also not a natural athlete. Do you know what I mean by that? I agree. Like, she walks kind of like a deer. Right. Like, she's so I, I don't stiff. know if that makes sense, but she doesn't. Yeah, she just doesn't move like somebody who's entirely comfortable in their own body. Right. And I I, I understand that might sound weird, but you have to watch her matches and you just look at the way she moves. Her, like you're just nothing's easy. It just <laughs> she's not. There's she's no not atrocious smoothness yes. to anything that she does. And like you'll watch people like Brie and other. I mean. Even on NXT, just like that's what they do so well with Io Shirai and even Dakota mm-hmm. Kai to an extent, but like Bianca Belair, it's easy. Like she's yeah, the star of the division yeah. where you're like, Bianca oh, Belair that's some, a- like you could just watch her professionally wrestle and you could tell me afterward, like, hey, did you know that she played and then insert any sport there professionally? Yes. And I'd be like, yeah, probably. And if you were to tell me Britt Baker just ran cross country, yeah, I'd be like, that sounds right. That's, yeah, that's probably spot on. And that's not a shot at her. She seems like a lovely person. I'm just saying as a professional wrestler, and if you want to position her as the face of your women's division, I think that's a mistake. I I think it is at this point in time. I think that she's clearly a a very smart person. Yes. And she clearly is hardworking enough if she's being a dentist and a professional wrestler at the same time. Mm -hmm. I just think that they are throwing her into the deep end of the pool and they don't necessarily need to be doing so. Yeah, I mean, she's getting back-to-back matches on these shows. Like, I, it's hard to be overexposed at this point. But I, I think as they fill out that division, there it's just become crystal clear that like, oh, she's not in their class with everybody she's in the ring. Yeah, with. yeah, because that's the one area where I think if you're looking at the head-to-head Wednesday programming, NXT is a huge leg up is their women's division, and there's not a. I don't know. There's there's other women's prospects out there on the indies right now that you feel like you could just kind of plug and play into her exact same spot and they would do the same and or better. And that that's really just kind of a bummer. And because the women's roster is so thin as well, it's hard to say who else should be in this spot because it seems like yeah. they like the formula of one of the Joshi women, but not. It seems like they're. Who was in the brawl or the the battle royal? Because there was a lot of interesting. Who was the one that was like like, Martinez? What was her name? Oh, Mercedes Martinez. Yeah, Yeah, that was my pick. I thought she was great. Signed. I don't know. But I I feel like she she would be someone who'd be perfect to feud a three-ho. And they did the the match with her and Sheeta. But it it seems like they, with the title focus, it's been like her and Nyla. Now it seems like they're going with like her and Britt. It seems like they don't want it to just be 
two Joshi women feuding over the belt, but those are the people that I think have the highest chance of getting over at this point. If you um, had to book either, um, this goes back to NXT, because there was a lot on NXT. Um, I didn't think it was, I thought it was a big nothing burger across across <laughs> the board for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did think, okay, you can make the case for Rhea Ripley beating I mean, you could be like, there's some people where they're like, oh, why don't they just finally pull the trigger on so-and-so? And I'm like, ah, I think there's like Shayna Baszler should drop the title, but it, yeah. I think there are still wrestlers who are better positioned and I think would benefit more from it. And I just go back and forth on Rhea Ripley, who looked great this week, and Bianca Belair, who also looked great. And I think Bianca Belair was the right choice a couple of months ago at the TakeOver event to beat her. I do but too. she's just so damn good. Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley are both good choices, but if you had to pick... Who would you go with? Because I I'd think go with, my answer is going to be. Uh, yeah, I would say Bianca out of Same. the two because I think I think Reyes serves better as a heel foil, and I think Bianca can be a utility player. I think she can play face or heel equally well, and I think that uh, to be honest, I think that whoever beats Shayna should be like a plucky underdog face. I think it should have been recently. I I I would honestly go to Kai ahead mm. of both Rhea and Bianca. I would not. Um, I'm not a big Dakota But guy, after person. that, I, I think... That, uh, I, I can understand that. Um, and, and they've kind of, it seems like, put her on the back burner again. It's interesting you don't but like AJ, to me, but you love Dakota Kai. Well, Dakota Kai is a much better wrestler. Is she? I think so. She's fine. I've, I've enjoyed her her matches more than, than I've ever enjoyed it. AJ's, but uh, she just doesn't. St- jump I, out I, I don't know. Star. I think a plucky underdog type character should be the one to dethrone Shayna, and I think if if Ripley is the person to do it, it just it just kind of it not like that. Her, her and Shayna are so much different in the ring, but it feels like we're gonna get the same type of title reign again. Where it's gonna be a, a bullying figure, yeah. And I think we need a breath of fresh air to do something a little bit different than that, like a Candice LeRae, for instance. Yeah, would have been perfect. <laughs> Would have been well, perfect. I'm yeah, stunned well. that they didn't put do a title change with the belt on her on on that first week up against AEW. I'm kind of stunned that Johnny Gargano is just nowhere to be found. I am and I'm not because he's, I think, kind of a, a stale act in NXT in some ways. But I think yeah. if you just hold him out for a while and then bring him back, he'll he'll heat right back up. Okay. Um, there was one other AEW thing I wanted to mention. Um. I thought the Kenny Mox stuff was cool and like him tossing um, the weapon to Mox to give it a fair fight was a nice little touch. And then Pac doing the, um, the chair shot to the back of the head. Um, Mm. Not great, Bob, but it it's fine. Whatever. I do think it's interesting that there's two simultaneous main event feuds going on. Like Mox Omega and pack is like the, the bread and butter of their future. Mm hmm. But then you have Cody, Darby Allen, and Chris Jericho feuding over the world title. I think is just kind of funny to me uh, from the outside looking in. It's not at all what I would have expected going into the show. Right. Like if you told me, hey, Darby is going to be the first AEW title challenger. I'd be like, that can't be right. Yeah. Um, But here we are, folks. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely seems strange, but... I, I think that Jericho is going to have a star-making performance with him. 
in the sense that it, it's not going to be like a five-star match, but it's going to be a match that gets Darby really over. And I really enjoy everything that Pac does. I, I don't think he's another guy where he might not have five-star matches, but I'm in completely enthralled the entire time he's on the screen because he's such a compelling performer. That all these little kind of interweaving stories, they're, very, they're all very interesting to me. There's not a storyline in the company other than Britt Baker potentially being the next women's title challenger where I'm out on it. Everything else that they're doing is interesting to me. Speaking of, um, I don't know if you had caught this earlier or not, but did you know Britt Baker was a dentist? I've heard. Yeah, she's a dentist. People forget that Britt Baker <laughs> is a dentist. My hottest AEW take, though? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think Adam Page is that good. I don't think you're the only one that thinks that. I think that was... I think it's the sentiment that a lot of people are too afraid to voice. Yeah. Because uh, it seems like he was kind of their handpicked guy. And I don't think people want to turn on him. I don't. But it seems like everyone is kind of of the consensus that he's. He for sure should not have been in the first title match. He's no MJF. No, 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 no. Like it's it's no question if you look at the two of those, like who has a higher ceiling in professional wrestling. Did you see him on uh, Rosie O'Donnell in like oh, 98? It's incredible. He's just, that dude is going to be a star. And yeah. he's still like, what, 22? He's so young. I, I, I don't know his exact age, but he he's one of those people that you look, every time I hear his age, I just feel bad about myself. Yeah, we're going to see that as we get older, man. He's, one of those things where he's better at this than I'll ever be at anything. And yeah. It's heartbreaking. Mm. No, it's it's fine. It's good. MJF is great. Um, yes, well, 23. There you go. Um, who's your guess? Oh, we'll wrap up here with SmackDown tomorrow. Um, Rollins versus Reigns, representing their brands, even though there have been no... Like, what is the logic behind these two fighting for the number one pick on shows that they don't necessarily belong to? Well, does... Like, they haven't explained, like, are the champions automatically assigned? Like, why is Reigns automatically assigned when he's not champion? I don't know. Is NXT are, are NXT talent available? So they put out a list of like who I, I don't know if the actual list is out yet. I saw that list about who's going to be in the building. But I think they're doing something where it's like, here's the people that are going to be available for drafting on Friday. And then oh. here's other set of people that are eligible to be drafted Monday. That's weird. So that way, the classic like, you draft don't have a draft format. where, yeah, you can still get big picks on both shows. Hmm. but it doesn't really make sense. Like day two of the NFL draft is an entirely separate pool of players. <laughs> Imagine just like, Oh, whoops. I are, we got our pick in the first round. So we can't get Baker Mayfield. Cause we actually aren't allowed to draft to we're we can't actually draft him until day three, even though he's a day one player. Yeah. That make classic draft. <laughs> yeah. Rules. We accidentally traded our fourth round pick. And we had no idea that the the fourth round would be the round that uh yeah that has Patrick Mahomes in it. But here we are. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Well, that's gonna be weird. Um. Hopefully they they just I want them to stick to it. Like just get out of because I feel like the last week and a half has just been more of a the the same old where it's like they're in a holding pattern. Somehow they're in another holding yeah. pattern. Yeah. And just get out of this. Do just pick something. It feels stick like to we've been a in a long time. Yeah, we've been in a lot of different holding patterns. It's weird that there was like a superstar shakeup earlier this year. 
That was like five months ago. That wasn't even that long ago. No. I um I that's all I want. That that's all I want. I don't think that's too much to ask. Just get out of the holding pattern. Stick to something. Figure it out. I just it's not not too much to ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just need some level of consistency and credibility for the brand split. All right. Um, Maxwell, I think that does it for tonight. Do you have anything else you want to get off your chest about professional wrestling that you have not already? New no, Japan stuff. I think I think we covered it. Uh, can I throw out some plugs? Yes. Yeah, check out uh, RBR Weekly Wrestling Talk live every Wednesday night and then on every major podcast app the following day. We also have a Patreon at Patreon dot com slash rbr wrestling where i do a podcast with my wife called rbr this is your wife we're watching the attitude era together uh lots of other great shows on there as well uh, my tna retrospective podcast against all pods which has been a harrowing journey so far <laughs> um but yeah all sorts of great stuff there and then i'm on twitter at maxwell rbr there you go maxwell i appreciate it as always sir um i will talk to you soon yeah thank you so much for having me it's always a pleasure Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Hey guys, it's Mike. As you know, I adopted my pup Rocky from a local rescue. Now, when people ask me what kind of dog Rocky was, I was always stumped. I used an Embark Dog DNA test to decode my most puzzling questions about Rocky. You can also learn about your dog's inner secrets with Embark, the highest rated dog DNA test. Unlock over 350 breeds and screen for over 200 genetic health risks. Save $50 on a breed and health kit with promo code KIT at EmbarkVet.com. Again, that's promo code KIT.